Welcome to State of the Nonprofits. I'm your host, Autumn Vest, Executive Director of MSS. Nonprofits are the heart of any community, and here in the Permian Basin, it's no different. This podcast is designed for people who want to make our community better. The ones who work in nonprofits, serve in nonprofits, or the ones who are just beginning to seek out a way to make life better for others. This is where we'll talk about the challenges and hurdles facing our nonprofits and the people we serve. We hope to discover and share some incredible stories of impact and success. Nonprofit organizations provide a variety of services. Whether you're looking for education or entertainment, you are likely to find a nonprofit answering the need. But nonprofit agencies may be best known for acting as a safety net of a community. It's the emergency services and trauma response groups that are so often thought of. These nonprofits are stepping into some of the worst times in a person's life to support them and love them through it. And the people providing that service are just that. They're people. And these people are standing on the front lines bearing witness to that trauma. And in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, we're sitting down with Christy Edwards, CEO of Centers for Children and Families, to discuss the impact of being the safety net on the nonprofit staff member. So Christy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to visit with you. You are a podcast. You got this in the bag. You know what oh, you're doing. Well, I'm not so sure about that, but we we can certainly try and act like I am. Well, I'm or excited. I do. <laughs> she's gonna make me sound she's gonna make me sound like a, you know, this is not my uh, shindig. That's never gonna happen. That's <laughs> never gonna happen. Mark yeah. will edit all that out yes. and he's in Philly. <laughs> So I do want to be clear, today's discussion is focusing on practical, non-clinical solutions and responses. So if you or someone near you needs support, please reach out to centers. Contact information is available in our show notes for this episode. Christy, I really want to talk to you today as a nonprofit worker yourselves, and especially within your team. You guys see this every day. Your team members are dealing with this. Um Nonprofit staff members are absorbing the stories of the people that they serve. We're hearing these stories, um, food bank workers, counselors, people on those front lines. How do we take in these stories and internalize them and then process them in a healthy way? So here's the fear. You're going to internalize it and then not process it. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of a very long day, you're like, I don't have time or I don't want to do that or, you know, I'll do that tomorrow. And then you forget and it can build and build. So what we have to do as, you know, supervisors, or, you know, co-workers, we have to make sure that we're saying, let's go to lunch. How are you doing? We just do check-ins through the day, through the week, through the month. Yeah. If we notice somebody struggling, if we know somebody that's like they come out of a session and they might be teary, which, you know, that, that does happen. But sometimes you just have to you have to just say, is this about something in particular or is this a broader issue? So really it is about checking in, being aware of what's going on. Because you're hearing horrible stories. You're seeing hungry kids and families. You know, you're seeing child abuse go up. Things are more expensive. You're not being able to get certain things. You know, jobs are sometimes scarce or been laid off and you're, you know, you're having to work a job that you might not want to work. So times are tough and we need to make sure that we're hearing all of those things and we're giving them the importance that they need, but we're not over inflating the importance to where we're taking it home with us. Sure. Well, I think though, it's so much more relatable now. I mean, you're talking about we're seeing all of these things on the rise and all these things happening happening through pandemic. And now we're seeing ourselves and the people that are receiving services. You're it's right. not them anymore. Mm-hmm. It's us yes. as a community. Right. And so being able to kind of take that in and then also set yourself aside from that. I There are people who are licensed professional counselors like right. your team at centers. And then there are people at the food banks mm-hmm. who are not – 
trained necessarily to internalize these stories and then process them. And so helping some of those agencies that are on those front lines that maybe don't have that kind of professional education is kind of what I wanted to look at today. You know, how what are some practical tips that we can provide to agencies like that? Well, one of the most important things that you can do is always have people look and see what they can be grateful for, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're saying, I recognize myself in this family that just drove off with, you know, some groceries and they're so worried about everything. I am worried about things. You know, my husband lost his job or you know, any, anything that there might be, or my kids are hungry or my fam, somebody in my family is hungry. What we've got to do is say, we are doing what we can with the resources that we have. And what we've got to do is sometimes go into our own minds. It's not, not just processing what you see. It's going in and saying, how am I feeling about this? What can I do to get my perspective? Yeah. And sometimes getting your perspective is about what is going well. We're blessed that we have the food bank. We're blessed that we have nonprofits who are able to step in if we can't pay a full fee. So there's there's that gratitude and that perspective grasp that we're looking for. Yeah. And, you know, there's some individual things that you can do. Look in the mirror and say three things that you're grateful for. Or at the end of the day, you know, what are a couple of things that, you know, i I really fought for and got my perspective on. So it's some, you know, it's a lot of cognitive stuff. And sometimes people are just too worn out. Yeah. Those are the things that are necessary mm -hmm. for you to be able to process some things. Yeah. You've kind of touched on that. People are too worn out. I think right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. we're seeing such a rise in need for service across the community in a variety of ways, whether mm -hmm. that is in response to emergency services like the Red Cross or in mm -hmm. emergency services and traumatic experiences, you know, and going through those things. We're seeing such a rise in need and a limited staff availability. Mm -hmm. We're all struggling with hiring and keeping people on our staffs, whether that's in in counseling professionals mm -hmm. or otherwise. So being able to have a, a capacity and 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 hold on to what you can handle, if right. that makes sense. That's a challenge. And I'm just going to speak from my experience with centers. We made the decision early on. First of all, if you have therapists that are helpers already and nurture, nurturers, you have to watch them because they'll give up. They'll come in early. They'll give up their lunch hour, their case management time. They'll stay late. We have to step in and say, we can't let you do that. We love that you want to. And if there's an emergency that you need to take care of, that's one thing. But just saying the need is great. The list is long. And I have to try to whittle that down myself. So what we'll do sometimes is say, we're going to hold that. We do not see clients on Friday. Because what we found is, you know, we, we're required to see 22 to 24, uh, you know, clients a week if you're a full-time therapist. Mm -hmm. What we found was those numbers were climbing up to 30, 32. Mercy. Our therapists were going home for the weekend, trying to take care of families, trying to take care of their own personal needs, coming back Monday. Now, you can do that for a short period of time, but you have to start looking for burnout. Yeah. At, at centers we've experienced, we have some of our newer therapists that are like, we can't even think about doing that. Yeah. That's not what we thought therapy was going to be. No, none of us thought we, none of us thought we were going to see what we're seeing currently. But it really is up to your supervisor. It is um, up to the CEOs. It is up to the people who set the policies that we're, we're not going to do that. You're too valuable. You're needed for too long a time to burn yourself now, out now and go say, I've got to do anything else but sure. this. Well, and I, I want to unpack what you said, because you said two things that I think triggered for me. I don't provide direct services mm -hmm. to community members here at MSS. Mm -hmm. We serve the nonprofits. And so for me personally, in my own experience, I am not taking in traumatic stories and, and processing that. But what I am seeing in myself and in my team members and in some of the other team members around me are an inability to say no and to mm -hmm. hold space for ourselves right. and to come in early and stay late and work through lunches because our missions are 
whether they're emergency services or not, our missions have power and, and they're important to us. And so even holding that space as a non-emergency or as a non-direct service agency, I think some of the nonprofits are struggling with that. And so we're seeing burnout across the board. Sure. Well, people that work for nonprofits, they already are not in it to, you know, you're already not a selfish person and you're not expecting to get rich, right? Right. Um, what you're expecting to do is to help the people that need you to help them. Yeah. And I, what I find is that people will sometimes sit down in the break room or come into my office and it's like, it doesn't matter how much I do. There's just always this more is needed. And you're right. You have to hold space for yourself. It's a team effort. Sometimes I'll say, you, you know, somebody canceled the last appointment of the day. Go home. Pick up roses or something like that on the way home. Don't cook dinner. Go home and spend time with your family. And sometimes they just kind of need to have somebody push them to do that. Yeah. And that's why permission. I think, give them permission. And I think that those of us that are kind of on the outside watching everything, we have to be willing to step in and go, yeah, they could probably do something in that hour. But what's more important? that they might write a case note or make a phone call or as if they got some time to breathe or time for themselves. And uh, it's just super important that we're doing that right now. Yeah. And it's not like we're not working hard, but sometimes you do not have to fill every available spot with more work. That's a really good point. You don't have to fill every available spot with more work. We think if we have a moment to breathe mm -hmm. that we're not doing enough yeah, because that's productive. just, I think, who we are mm -hmm. as nonprofit people. Mm -hmm. We just, like you said, right. we already want to do more. Right. And then in doing that sometimes is taking away from our own health. One of my supervisors long, long, long ago said, you can't, as a supervisor, reward hard work with more hard work. Mm. Right? Because at some point it's like, oh, all that's coming down the road for me is more hard work. Yeah. You're doing such a great job here. Yes. Have more. another. <laughs> have, have another. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I've True. been on that end of that stick. Yes. Yeah, yes. and it is a rough stick to get beaten with after yeah. a while. I, I would agree. At some point, you're just like, okay, anything but this. Yeah. Well, and I think that's also why we see turnover a lot of times in some mm -hmm. of our nonprofit staff is that they mm -hmm. do get to that point where they just, they can't take another story in. They mm -hmm. can't hear another trauma. They can't process another one. But I think on the other side of that too, on the other side of that burnout is not just that they want to do more. It's that how do we hold on to our empathy? You do kind of have to build that hard or get a thicker skin or hard outer shell because you have to be willing to take everything that rains down on you. It's easy to get jaded and, you know, the burnout is like, oh, is that really what happened? Is it really real? Are you just coming in here? That sounds like another sob story to me or something like that. So that is whenever, whenever you start having those questions in your mind, that's whenever you know you really need to check yourself out for a while. Because what we have to do is we have to assume that everybody that's coming in, their story is genuine. You have to meet them where they are and help guide them. And if every time that somebody comes in, you find yourself questioning the validity of what they're what they're telling you, that's just your body response or your mind response to being overloaded. And then it's time to take a step back. Time, you've got to take a step back. And your employer has got to understand. Well, you know, and I think I did that to myself. I tried to be so planned and organized. Yeah. I have meetings scheduled for all of our committees and all of our things. And I'm going, wait a minute. I didn't schedule mm -hmm. my vacation time. I mm -hmm. didn't put that on the calendar yet. Why am I not taking that time to do that for myself? And I know I'm not the only one. And I think that sometimes we over-identify ourselves with our jobs and the job that we're doing. Mm. And so we're like, it's, it's okay, I don't need to. Or, oh, but now I'd have to reschedule all those meetings that I so carefully canceled. You have to do it. You just have to say, oops, sorry, forgot me time, forgot yeah. family time. It's got to happen. I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to move you. Because people, they're willing to let you say, oops, I need some time. Whatever you 
lead them to is what they're going to accept. And if they don't like it, it's okay because I'll be back and we'll continue. Yeah. You'll pick up those those pieces and yes. go on again. I that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. And I think that's where we as as nonprofit we're already short staffed. Short staffed. We all right. are. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. short staffed. Yes. We're overloaded. We we do that to ourselves because we want to do mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. So processing through that and holding space for ourselves and for our staff and team members and colleagues is so important. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, you can never overemphasize the importance of a mental health day. And while most of us have sick leave, annual leave, PTO, whatever it is that you can build in, once again, in a crisis, the crisis mode that we're in right now, it feels so selfish to plan a trip. And then something like I'm saying, you over-identify or you overemphasize how important you are and the service that you're going to provide. And it's like, I must be here. I must lead the charge. And at some point, people are like, just go. <laughs> Please, just take a day. If you don't build it in, at some point, whenever you feel yourself cracking, you're going to have to cancel all those carefully planned meetings for that day anyway. Yeah. And then you've got to come back and try to figure it out. So that's why I'm, I'm always telling my staff, find a couple of days a month that you either have a lighter load or that you're taking a day. You can have a Monday because, you know, sometimes it's like you go, oh, my gosh, it's Monday already. Take a Monday. Then you come back on Tuesday and you're already past Monday. There so little tricks, you know, for your brain. And for your psyche that says, oh, you can do this because it's already Tuesday. So how do you create that culture, Christy? As a leader, Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. the leader. How Mm -hmm. do we as leaders in our organizations Mm -hmm. create the culture Mm -hmm. of being aware of our the needs of our team members and Mm -hmm. our colleagues of of offering space to support them in mental health? How do we do that? Well, number one, you have to lead by example. And you have to verbally say to somebody, that is my mental health day or that is the Monday I'm taking off because it's after a big push for the week, whatever you're going to do. I am rewarding myself with that Monday off. So whenever they see you do that, they're going to know that that is okay. Now, I mean, once again, you're always going to have somebody that says, I'm going to take every day off that autumn does plus days off I want for myself. (laughs) So some people will overuse, you know, what you're trying to, to do. But I think you have to give as the supervisor or CEO or ED, whatever it is, you have to give the permission. And you have to encourage that. You know, I'm looking here. It looks like you have not taken any PTO in the last two months. And I'll, this is what I say to my staff. Your CEO and your board have determined this is the number of days that we think you need to be off in order to be effective in your job. Oh, So if you are closing in on the end of your year and you've only taken two or three days and now you're going to have to cram three or four weeks in, that's not effective. You've burned yourself out all this time. So we look at first quarter. Have you taken time? Second quarter, have you taken time? And then we send reminders. You know, yeah. you can't be doing okay because you've not taken any time off. Or the only time you've taken off is whenever you were sick or your kid was sick. That's not time for, I mean, it is time for healing, but that's not your brain healing time or your yeah. psyche healing time. And we know we're mm-hmm. pushing on each other. Mm-hmm. We have been because of COVID. Mm-hmm. If you're sick, you don't come to work. If you're sick, you don't come to work. But we don't tell ourselves we don't tell those around us, if you need a day, take mm-hmm. a day for your mental health because you need that mental recovery as well. But what you're not looking at is the need of the person who's sitting on the other side of the room that's providing the service to the clients that you're going to burn out and they're eventually going to say, I cannot take this anymore. You can't bank your PTO. You don't get to take all of it over. It's not a savings account. It is truly what we've determined is the best for you. That's your free time. I love the way you said that, though. Earlier, you said 
your leader and your board mm-hmm. have made the decision that this is the time you need to be effective in your job. And I think that is such an incredible statement. And mm-hmm. I haven't ever heard it put that way. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about your board, how do you get the board to help be that advocate for your staff taking the middle time? How do you ask our boards mm-hmm. for the help in that mm-hmm. kind of culture building? So this is what I do as I go in and I say, this is what I believe. I've been the person in the trenches and I'm saying this is what we need to do. I've never had a board tell me no. We did made the determination uh, about five years ago that we would close for an entire week at Christmas. December is just kind of a frazzle inducing month anyway. We're going to give them that time. So whenever they come back for the first, they're ready to hit the new year. I have two staff members attend every board meeting. So the board gets to know who they are, what they do. Um, how heavy, how labor intensive their jobs are. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's been good for them to know what's going on. Everybody gets to talk about what they do and the caseload they carry or whether they're a billing department person, front desk staff, whatever it might be. Um, so they have a really good feel for what all goes on. You know, right now you're talking about time off and you mentioned December. Well, May is another one of those crazy months. Mm-hmm. We've got summer coming Mm -hmm. and we're all prepping for vacations and kids getting out of school and graduation parties and all the craziness that is happening in May. But it's also Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes. And so that's why we thought today's topic would be such a great opportunity. But you guys are doing a lot to help build awareness around mental health. Talk about a little bit about what you guys are doing at centers in that arena. You know, whenever you're in the trenches, you're thinking, I've got to be in the trenches. But what we're trying to do is educate the community on what mental health is and, and all the facets of that. And did you even know that this was part of mental health? So I think that us having uh, the events like we had over at the Marriott, whenever we had uh, Terry Bentley Hill come in and talk about suicide and, you know, her basically her tagline is uh, stop minding your own business, you know, and, and kind of be aware of, of what's going on. If somebody, you know, sees something, say something kind of thing. Um, we are we are doing our podcast um, regarding mental health. We are on uh, Channel 2 and Channel 7 weekly uh, talking about how mental health is affected by everything and mental health affects everything. So it's like, I think we've been doing this about two years. We have never run out of topics. So we're, we want to make sure that people understand what mental health is, what substance abuse is, what serious mental illness is, what it looks like, what the symptomology is who it's most likely going to affect, and what you do about it. We are not trying to build a silo. We give shout outs to everyone. I can promise you if you are coming to me and you really want to see something that I cannot do, I have no problem reaching out to my fellow therapists in the community saying, this is not my forte. I don't have anybody here. Can you take that? Because our communities are stronger and healthier when our families are stronger and healthier. I think that's why it was so important. For me, it was important to bring this into State of the Nonprofits mm-hmm. because we as nonprofit workers, we're so busy helping everybody else. Mm-hmm. We're so busy reaching out to everybody else and, and furthering our missions and doing the work that we're not sometimes really good at looking internally about what we need to do to take mm-hmm. care of ourselves. There are some incredible resources in our community, mm-hmm. and we're we're going to link to the Centers podcast in our show notes today. So if you want to check that out, please do. Go to Centers or, or visit one of our other nonprofits who – provide services in that arena. There's a lot of opportunity in our community. We need to take time to make sure that we are the best that we can be so that we can provide the best services that our community needs as well. We talk about it all the time. I'm going to take that day. I'm going to really going to wake up one morning and I'm not going to go to work. I'm really going to pull the cover over my head and sleep a little bit 
longer, or I'm going to go get a massage, or I'm going to get a manicure, pedicure, whatever it might be. I'm going to make sure to make space for myself. But we don't do it. We talk, we talk, we talk. Yeah. We have to put that into action because we are too important to the community to not be there whenever they need us. Yeah. But there's other ways to do self-care that, you know, we can identify for ourselves. For me, sometimes if there's a project at home and I just keep shelving that project and I'm not tackling that. So maybe taking a mental health day to go tackle that closet absolutely, is an opportunity for me to take something off my stress list that is easy. Mm-hmm. What I love during the pandemic, I hate to keep talking about the pandemic. How but can, we need to, stop, how can we stop Yeah, But it, you know, it, it it kind of afforded us the time to tackle those projects or mm-hmm. to make the food we'd want to do, clean out the pantry, clean out the closet, um, you know, whatever it might be that you were wanting to do. We need to continue doing some of those things. That reconnected us with feeling productive and yet that it, it, that it was personal to us. Yeah. Self-care is one of those things that makes us more generous. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's, it's giving us that opportunity to take a pause and say, you know, I have the energy now to do this mm-hmm. more or better. 100%. Agree with you. Well, any thoughts that I'm, things I didn't ask you that you'd like to share or ideas for our nonprofit friends? I'm grateful that you're doing this and that you're drawing attention to, you know, mental health awareness and all of its facets. It's what we need to do, um, you know, less of things that are harmful for us, more of things that are good for us you know, staying vigilant about, you know, ourselves and the people around us and uh, not being afraid to ask for help when you need it. There you go. And creating a culture and setting by example, leading by example, taking the time to step away from the work and process, that was a big thing for me. Take the time to process even when you're tired and it seems like it's taking too much effort or time because that really will help. Thank you so much, Christy. I appreciate you taking time to come and be here and taking time away from centers and the incredible mission and work that you all are doing. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it.